Hello, my name is Poppy Garraway and I'm one of the content strategists here at Elsevier. Today I'm joined by Simon Robinson and Owen Doody, the authors of Nursing and Healthcare Ethics, to discuss the ethics of the coronavirus pandemic. For over a year now, we've all been living through the COVID-19 pandemic. What do you think are the main ethical issues that have arisen as part of the pandemic? Uh, for me, there are two big, big ones. I don't know about you, Owen. The first big one is the whole question of responsibility. From politicians down to ordinary shoppers, we've all been hit with having to take ethical decisions. Most of the time, we, we, we just park those things. That's an ethical decision. I'll think about that later. But if you're faced by somebody who is who's next to you who isn't wearing a mask, what do you do? Do you challenge them? Uh, no, and and you know, is it is it right to challenge them? Well, might this lead to all kinds of conflict? Big question mark. The second issue, in a popular one, forgive the word popular, is individual freedom versus paternalism. Why should I do what these guys are telling me what to do? Wear masks, be vaccinated, etc. I want to assert my individual freedom. I, I guess if we explore that later. Uh, We'll begin to test out if that is a real dichotomy or not. And um, I'd agree, Simon, and I suppose at a practice level, I suppose the ethical challenges were around the volume and numbers of people presenting uh, to hospitals and uh, patients with COVID and initially starting out maybe a lack of resources and PPE equipment. Um, but when that did come about uh, and we got stocks, we also ran into difficulties around staff themselves having COVID or de- developing COVID or, and having to step out of work. So that was another drain on resources. So resources and resource management is always a key issue in any good health service. But I suppose at a personal level then, as a practitioner, being able to preserve the dignity, respect and privacy of each individually individual that comes into hospital setting uh, were big ethical challenges and the availability of the beds type, be it a high dependency or a lower dependency and, you know, the demand and pressure that was on the system. And I suppose then for that individual, you know, that is coming out of COVID or recovering or, you know, a, a mild symptoms, you know, having to be that separation and the nurse or the healthcare professional being there for them because the absence of family and not being able to have visitors and, and those are all ethical challenges and dealing with the humanity of caring. One of the problems of, of uh, nursing ethics is, is that sometimes the role within the team of, of nurses is not, is not fully articulated. What, what do you think? Well, I suppose the, with regards to the role of nurses uh, during the pandemic, I suppose there's difficulties in relation to the individual and professional responsibility and then the collective responsibility and also the interplay between nurse leadership and nurse management. The focus tends to be more on the management and management of people, management of resources, management of situations where, you know, I suppose 
good directional leadership in relation to role modeling, porting, uh, staff is crucial during a, t- a time such as the pandemic and the collective being coming together and the unity and consistency of approach was is essential. And I suppose, you know, the pandemic did help a bit with that in the sense that, you know, there was a sense of co- coming togetherness uh, and we all been on the same page and working with each other and for each other. All good things are short-lived maybe as well. And um, there is that, that difficulty as we move out of the COVID situation and the effects and the ethics of how we support staff and the vulnerability of staff in what they have seen and been exposed to and what they have lived during the COVID. We're all very conscious of the patient. We're all very conscious of the family who are absent from the, uh, the patient process during uh, restrictions in hospital environments but we also have an aftermath uh, and how ethically we deal with that and the lead ethical leadership that's required to bring all professionals healthcare professionals through the aftermath of COVID and I think that's going to be one of the main uh, responsibility of professions and the leadership within professions at an individual level it is I suppose the learning from COVID about being there for each other supporting each other assisting each other and the aspect of supports like clinical supervision, role modelling and I suppose having visionary leaders, you know, I think there's an opportunity for all healthcare professionals to, you know, maybe regather, regroup, rethink of what is their vision, what is their direction and making themselves more visible in society policy level especially and that will be key for fundamental progress going forward. Amazing. Such a good answer. And should governments be able to enforce measures such as mask wearing or vaccinations? And what is the role of nurses and other healthcare professionals in this? Well, if 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 I were a, a manager trying to trying to sort this out, and I'm I'm discovering, for instance, possibly that that, that uh, there's a good percentage of of my staff. Uh, who uh, within a hospital who, who are not receiving vaccinations? I think I would want to push for this kind of enforcement approach for all kinds of reasons. Uh, a because this is right for the common good. B because the outcomes in terms of public health will be will be better. But also because I I, I don't think the the ethical underpinning of much of this thinking is about paternalism. And in the book, we talk about that. But but, but, um, a lot of people think that paternalism is just bad. Uh, But you can have good paternalism. Paternalism, which is focused in community, paternalism, which gets people together to think about things. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd want to push for a a fairly, I don't want to use the word aggressive, but, but a fairly assertive approach to yeah insisting insisting that that that, uh, that that all staff think seriously about making sure that they have been vaccinated Owen, how, how how would you as a nurse respond to that yeah i suppose as a nurse I can see everything you're saying and as a professional, I can see everything you're saying and I suppose I'm just conscious of you know the counter arguments and the people's I suppose the people that do not want to necessarily uptake uh, on the vaccine and I suppose, you know, how are we going to alleviate those concerns? Because everyone's entitled to the concern and how we enable the person to move beyond that. 
And, you know, for some people, that will be difficult. What's convenient is not always what's right. And it's probably convenient without a lot of information to say yes or no to a situation. And uh, I suppose the responsibility on each individual nurse will be being informed and what's informing and driving their decision making. We're not saying that people don't have the choice. And I would say I respect choice and it's, it's fundamental and people have the autonomy to make their own informed choices. And the, again, the key word being informed. And, you know, part of the responsibility is the engagement with your service user or patients and deal with responsibility. And, you know, we have, how are we going to balance that? And if you want to be a practitioner, you know, there's certain, there's certain elements um, of any profession that you have to buy into. And, you know, healthcare professionals are, are no different. And while uh, I have um, uh, empathy and understanding for people not wanting and having concerns and uh, wishing to express their own choice, and maybe even feeling the way around it is to put back to you as my manager, Simon, in this situation that um, uh, as one of your nurses, that can you not just move me to another area that I'd be less open to the COVID situation? That's going to be my challenge to you if I was a nurse who did not want to be vaccinated, would be that, you know, well, I can move somewhere else. It's my choice uh, and it's my uh, uh, independent decision and I have some concerns about um, the vaccine, about vaccines in general, but you know, how do we navigate that that landscape? So you're asking me as as my line manager to engage in it for the effectiveness of healthcare, public health care, which I've signed up to as a professional but an individual, I'm saying I'm concerned, I have reservations and I'm uneasy about making the decision of, of having the vaccine. And it probably would be similar with the, with the mask wearing uh, um, in relation to, I suppose if I have my uniform on and I see someone without a mask, I can go and say to the individual, you know, or say you should be wearing a mask and, you know, they see me as a healthcare professional. If I'm in my ordinary clothes, I might have reservations about saying that because they see me as an individual and how dare, that's my choice. I, you know, how dare you comment or how dare you challenge me? Uh, yeah, you yeah, know, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just coming back on that as a, as a manager. I'm, I'm not going to stay in this management role for long. As a manager, I might be tempted to say, this is all lovely. This is fantastic. But we don't have time for that. You know, we've got to be making decisions on, on the hoof. I mean, we've got to be massively, massively getting on with it. If I've, if I've got to spend half an hour talking to somebody about what, how they feel about something, that, that's not going to help. That's not going to help. And I think what, what I want to stress is that some managers do think a little bit like that. Some management approaches. But, but I think, I think what you've said, Owen, is, is actually totally right. Totally right, and it and it and it and it works through. It, it it begins to erode some of the false ethical dichotomies, which people put up. They talk about my freedom versus oppression. You're coercing me into doing this or whatever. That's a false dichotomy. And in the book, we talk about these things as as, as they're actually logical fallacies. You know, uh, there isn't that dichotomy. Uh, and the truth is that once we start to talk about things we can get things done more quickly. 
once we're open to a conversation, once we're open to, um, as you're intimating, it, it may well be that people are not wearing masks because they've got they've got an emotional issue here. They, they feel the problem. We're not going to sort that out by telling them to do it or whatever. We're just going to make the emotional side worse, the 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 the, the feeling side worse. So actually. Five minutes just enabling people to talk about how they feel about wearing masks, uh, vaccination, and so forth. That could actually uh, be a, a, a way of, of of improving time, of improving decision making, and goes right back to dialogue, and right back to trusting, uh, moving away from false conflicts that sometimes emerge within organisations. Yeah, I I fully agree, Simon. I think we need to look at how we contextualise dialogue and discussions. You know, it seems to be driven by yes or the no answer rather than the context. You know, as a health professional, do you want to protect your service users or clients or patients? Are you there to protect them and to deliver care and be there for their best interest? Do you want to deliver the best quality of care, keep them safe? And, you know, every time you ask those questions, any health professional would say, yes, 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 yes. Whereas if you throw the context of well, you, you have to take the vaccine, it then becomes a yes or no. You know, so I think the contextualization, how the dialogue occurs is important. And I would be very interested in how this, you know, post-COVID debate on vaccines will will develop and spread out, you know, in, for example, you know, nursing homes, care environments, daycare centres, you know, staff so there would there would be a percentage of staff who do and a percentage of staff who don't uptake on the flu vaccine. And it is always pushed about flu vaccine and for staff, whereas the dialogue aspect is probably missing about, you know, about the protection, about delivering a quality service, preserving the health and well-being and the safety of your service users or patients or clients or the context, be it even a voluntary daycare centre. You know, should they volunteers or the staff there be vaccinated if they want to if they want to give their time to volunteer to assist the older person they probably do want to protect the older person change that dialogue and that absolutely absolutely and it's it's a until we've got that openness in terms of dialogue it becomes less and less easy to to respond in a creative way. And uh, I think one of your points pre- previously was that that notion that uh, as we're in dialogue, we can begin to see possibilities. It's not, not a, ye- a yes or no. There isn't a ethics right and wrong. We're looking at possibilities of putting into practice and embodying responsibility and, and, and how we share that responsibility. I think for me, that, that answers one of the big questions of, about the pandemic, you know, who is responsible? We love to put dear old Boris up there and um, and pin it all on him. Uh, he's the guy who's responsible for the bad and the good. We love to put other leaders up there and pin it all on them. But actually, the the, the lesson I think of the of the pandemic is that we that every one of us is responsible because this is a this is a relational thing it's it's not just a medical thing about a a um, uh, a particular virus it's a relational thing and how our behavior affects ourselves and others not just the immediate others there are consequences of our behavior that we probably don't know about 
which means we've got to be talking about how we share responsibility uh, uh, at every level. That was brilliant. Some real lessons there, I think, for those that communicate about vaccination to healthcare staff, not just with COVID, but also with the flu vaccination, as you said, Owen. And just moving on to the next question, Owen, I think you've kind of already touched on this and the mental health and well-being of staff during the pandemic. But everyone working in the healthcare service has been under enormous pressure for over a year. And this has implications, not least the moral injury that nurses and doctors may be experiencing. What are the ethics of asking healthcare practitioners to work through a pandemic? Working through a pandemic is like any emergency situation or public health situation, you know, it is a necessity, I suppose. But this pandemic poses different challenges, you know, so if there's if there's a natural disaster, we can we can send resources in. They can support the situation, and it probably is short lived. Uh, and um, you get assistance from other areas, even from other countries. You know that that happens in natural disasters. But what this pandemic has challenged us and challenges the health service and healthcare practitioners would be one the duration and longevity of it, but two, you know, the sacrifices at a personal level. You know, we we all can consider this the professional sacrifices, but the personal level having to distance from family, stay away from home, st- you know, staff hotels um in in some services in the community uh you know i think of disability services i think of older people services not just the you know, acute hospitals you know there's there's been a lot of sacrifices when your day and night is only consumed by what is an emergency situation, emergency situation, and the life and death that has occurred during that that time and that day, and you're living alone in a room or in a hotel or whatever. There is such an emotional drain and emotional exhaustion that has occurred and continues to occur uh, pre, during, and post COVID. And people are looking for certain things I, in Ireland and, you know, there's questions for staff looking for extra days holidays. And I think, you know, they, they're nice things and, you know, they sound great, but they don't deal with the issue and the fundamental issue of what the, the emotional support people need post-COVID, during and post-COVID, the resources that need to be put into place. If I'm in a centre and I am a healthcare practitioner, I would notice a deterioration in my patient or client or service user. I would notice a deterioration in physical and mental health. We're not noticing that in each other. Is it that we're seen to fail if we break down, if we can't cope? Is it, is it realistic that we're expected to cope uh, and not break down in the absence of true support? And I think that's the real ethical question. Yeah, totally agree. There is that crucial notion of healthcare is cross-professional. To, to be effective, it has to be focused in uh, a caring response to the carers. It is extraordinary, isn't it, that, that within the history of, of uh, medicine and nursing and other areas within healthcare, that actually there's often been an in, a high individualism don't worry, you can keep going. You can work 50 hours, 60 hours, 70 hours a week. That's what we did when we were when we were youngsters learning to be doctor, nurse, whatever. Uh, so you should go through the, the same thing. It's, it's a very individualistic 
very focused in a, a sense of, of individual pride. Now, Owen's talking there about a, a sense of a genuine teamwork and a sense of being aware of the different members of the team. Uh, an awareness which moves across boundaries, um, be that professional, be that organizational. One of our problems is that organizational management tends to divide rather than bring together. Uh, there's this area, that area, and that area. So we don't see the humanity in each of the different areas. In business, there was a, there was a wonderful example of how it was it was VW at one point. Um, uh, they they began to realize that, that, that the organization did not understand what the other parts of the organization did and so didn't value them. So they, they got the, uh, the manufacturer of the car to actually be run through the administration area uh, so that the administrators saw what the others were doing and were, be, were, were able to really understand and communicate and share uh, and value each other. That needs to be at the heart of, of healthcare management, which perhaps begins to say it's not just about the carers, nurses, doctors, etc. It's also about the managers, the guys and women who are in charge of sustaining the organization. There needs to be evidence of, of, of community organizational care at that level. Thank you so much for your contribution today, Simon and Owen. We will continue to talk all things ethics and the coronavirus pandemic in part two of this podcast, which will be released shortly. If you are enjoying the Author Talks podcast and want to hear more from our authors, please do go ahead and subscribe.